Good morning, Flagler County. This is Danielle Anderson, your host of Lifeline, the radio show connecting you to positivity here in our community. And we have two very positive guests in the community in the studio today. I don't even know where we are. (laughs) All right. So you guys want to tell people who you are and what you do? All right. I'm Gretchen Smith. I used to sit over in that corner. I love the corner. Back back, <laughs> back in the day. Um, but I'm Gretchen Smith, and I am a water conservation coordinator at St. John's River Water Management District. It's a mouthful. It is. Tell me about it. Um, I'm Deirdre Irwin, and I am also a water conservation coordinator at St. John's River Water Management District. You know that's why I made you guys say that stuff, right? I know. It's very long. It just rolls off the tongue for us. Well, you've been there a, long, a yes. lot longer than I have. so Just a little while, right? So Gretchen, like, okay, so people who live in Flagler County, they know you because like you've been kind of everywhere for, you know, for a number of years. How did you end up over at the Water Management District? Uh, A very long story that I won't bore everyone with, (laughs) but, you know, I left the health department. I was looking for a new opportunity. Um, I loved what I did at the health department, but quite honestly, it's like four years of, um, in the last two being of COVID, it just got a little tiring after a while. And it was kind of like, okay, what now? And I stumbled across an opportunity at St. John's River Water Management District. Um, started with, started in one position and everything kind of fell into place. Mm-hmm. And I started volunteering working with Deirdre. She did a lot of outreach and a lot of, you know, trade shows and dealing with local government. And these are all things that I had done in other lives. And it, it just, suddenly clicked and um, a new position was created and it was um, yeah, yeah I, I count my lucky stars every day that's really cool we stole her from communications <laughs> I don't blame you I mean she's kind of like a powerhouse when it comes to like outreach and public yeah. engagement and so that's she really has cool. so many skills that we don't that we're a very technical um, bureau within the district it's the bureau of water supply planning and so. these people do like math related to water yeah, big so. models yeah. and estimations of water use on like 40,000 feet, whereas our job is more about interacting with all of our water users and trying to explore ways they can reduce their water use. So it's a lot of communication, a lot of trade shows and events and many different kinds of audiences. So Gretchen kind of gets the, the hype going for you. Yes, and, and she can edit really well. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to hire you for something else. Yeah. So, okay, uh, people in the community, like they, they just have never heard of the Water Management District, mm-hmm. and they don't realize that they're throughout the state, several of them. Mm-hmm. So it's, can you give a little background on what it is? Sure. There are five water management districts in Florida set up in the 1970s. Originally, they had a mission related to flood control. And then over the years, that mission has um, really broadened to where we're now dealing with water quality, protecting our water quality, preserving land, protecting it from development and the like for Florida, for all of the animals that live here. We do um, regulatory work. So that would be we issue the permits to the utilities and all of the big developments So any new development here in this community would come to us for a permit. So there's many different things. And interestingly enough, in every single one of those permits that are granted, um, there's got to be a water conservation component to it. So I know Mm -hmm. I remember Palm Coast had to get an an increase in their permit probably about a a decade ago maybe. Mm -hmm. So for people who don't understand, because we we have a lot of new people who come down and don't know – 
Tell them a little bit about what that means and how that would specifically work for our district. Okay, I think I should probably back up and talk about Florida on a kind of a high level. Um, 90% of our water comes from the Florida aquifer. If you have moved to Florida recently, you may not know we have one of the most prolific aquifers in the world, in the United States for sure. So we have this huge source of clean water underground. We have a limestone base on top of it, and all of our utilities and big water users just put in pumps and use the groundwater. However, we have been noticing for a number of years some impacts and um, the possibility of over-pumping. So even though we've issued legally issued all these permits, we're starting to see side effects, lowering lake levels, lowering springs, and groundwater intrusion, which means seawater is coming in at the edges and adding salt to our water in the wells. So um, we, as a result, we do these long-term water supply plans. So we take a whole region, and this is the North Florida region, we look at 20 years We look at the population growth. We look at where are we going to get the water from without harming the environment. So when Palm Coast would have come in for their permit and said, we need more water because more people are living here, they have to go through all of these requirements to demonstrate need. So they have to demonstrate, first of all, the people really are coming. They've got to show us how they're going to be as economical as possible with the water, and they do a great job. They have so many really great programs. Um, and then they get issued a permit for, I'm not sure if it's they have a 10- or 20-year permit, probably a 20-year. I can't remember what it was, but I know yeah. they had asked for an increase. Yeah, and that's not unusual. Now, with all of our efforts on both alternative water supplies, so you're familiar with reclaimed water, purple pipe, and that's the one outside of your in your yard, right? Um, usually, it's wastewater at the sewage treatment plant that's treated to almost drinking water, but not quite. Don't drink it. Um, and they send it back out to the to landscapers to the, sorry to the homes through these purple pipes. It is the biggest source of alternative water from the aquifer. So it's reusing water that would have been dumped in a water body and really wouldn't have been very good for that, for water quality. So it's a good recycling practice. So Palm Coast is probably implementing, I know they're implementing reclaimed water in new subdivisions. Palm Coast also, more so than any other neighborhood nearby, really encourages unirrigated landscapes wherever possible. That's the best way to save water is don't waste it in the first place. So uh, doing like native plantings and things like that? Native plantings, bahia grass. So a lot of your infill lots in the older communities are being built. Homes are being built with no irrigation. Do you want to share a recent example? Yeah. Well, we went to – we went out to – where was it again? It was someplace outside of Orlando. And, um, you know, beautiful neighborhood. Claremont. Claremont, yeah. And they were irrigating. So they, they were irrigating the front yard, but they're not irrigating the backyard. So oh. this whole idea of this, you know, beautiful, lush Florida landscape, um, it's going to have to change. It's going to have to change in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, using Florida-friendly plants, you know, that's a really important thing. So that these plants are, are not don't need as much water. Um, you know, we spent we spent uh, a day at University of Florida. Their their turf grass um, uh, 
Research Center. And they have all these different kinds of grass that they're trying to test and see, you know, which ones, which ones you can water, you know, two days a week, which ones need water one day a week, which ones don't need any water a week. And it's really cool how they're trying to get ahead of, you know, this water shortage situation Mm -hmm. that we we may have as, you know, as more people come to Florida every day. Yeah, and what people don't realize is the volume they use outdoors, those who do have an irrigation system. We know now from data from all of our utilities, at least half of the household water use is being used outdoors. Wow. In our higher-use communities, that can be up to 400 gallons per, per household per day. So 400 gallons, that's a lot. <laughs> Where that's averaged out just to water the grass. So we know that is the low hanging fruit for us. Um, we've, we're at least we're in a really good position, not like out west, where if you don't water it, you get rocks. In Florida, you actually can have a nice landscape and not water it constantly. We lived in Arizona for like six months before I was like, we're going back east. Uh, they spray painted their grass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I was mm-hmm. like, what in the world is going on? Yeah. And it, we go to these landscape shows and these builders conferences and whatnot. And there are people there, you know, selling fake grass and yeah. saying it's great for the environment. Which we in Florida, we say is not Florida friendly because we can grow grass so easily. We had 52 inches of rainfall every year. And I know during March, April, May, our dry season, you will need to probably either hand water or use your irrigation sprinkler. But come the summer, you shouldn't need to water much no. at all. Look, sitting here looking outside right now and see some dark clouds mm-hmm. rolling in, well, that's Florida in the summer for you. It's kind and, of getting back on the normal cycle, too. Yes, it is, finally. Um, also, by training your landscape so the roots go deeper, if you water all the time, your roots stay really shallow. Oh. So by not watering, you're toughening up your grass and your landscape. That's pretty good. That's good advice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, you know, one of the things we've learned is everyone's trying to jump to, look what they're doing out west. We need to get rid of turf grass. We really don't. If you think back to anyone who grew up here, you didn't have an irrigation system. Um, Looking at this one graph that the university put out shows water use in Florida through the decades And it has a line showing when automatic irrigation systems went in, immediately water use went up significantly because people set it and forget it. No, we we actually do have irrigation restrictions in Florida, which almost all our local governments have adopted by ordinance that Mm -hmm. talks about in the summertime, two days a week. This is this is in rule in regulation in Florida and one day a week in the winter. And You know, historically, we, if we advertise that and if we educate, most people want to be told what to do because otherwise they typically overwater. So with Gretchen's help, we have launched on an outreach education campaign to educate people about Think Two, two days a week in summer, one day a week in winter. And that really is all you need. It's all based on science. We didn't pull these numbers through the air. You are allowed to water (laughs) less than one hour per zone twice a week. And there's set days. Um, if your house is odd, sorry, I'm going to say even numbered first, you get Thursday and Sunday. If you're odd numbered, you get Wednesday and Saturday. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So Not many people do. So <laughs> Not enough people do. Well, that's where you need to get that education really going and, and mm-hmm. pumping it. I mean, you're good at that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We're going to keep her busy, I think, for a number of years because it wouldn't be fa- fair on people to take this rule and get really strict on it without doing education campaign first. So that's what we're going to do. And I will be honest, it's a really hard message. When people have moved to Florida, say from California or Arizona, and they see water everywhere lakes and rivers and springs and then we show up saying we're running out of water you've got to use less water it can be confusing so it's hard to comprehend it's a story we have to tell it like a story yeah and some really cool things that some neighborhoods are doing is they have a sign up as you're pulling into your 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 neighborhood and sitting at the gates they, they say you know how much water or how much it's rained you know, over the past week, and if it rains an inch, then you don't really need to irrigate mm-hmm. that week. See, I don't think people know that. So we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to talk about some solutions um, and some other projects that you guys are working on. We'll be right back. Hey, who's taking care of your air conditioner? If you don't have somebody good, give me a call. My name's Kyle. I've been doing air conditioning in Flagler County for 13 years. I'm now with Quantum AC. We look forward to being your air conditioning company. If you haven't had a checkup in a while, you really should. Call Kyle's cell phone number anytime. Okay. I'm Joe Wright. Quantum AC, part of the Quantum family. 586-9039. I look forward to your call. 586-9039. I'm really blessed to have the opportunity to work with uh, their internship program. I wish when I was going through high school here in Flagler that I had the opportunity to be able to work for a tech company locally and be able to get the, that experience. You know, I'm definitely excited to be more of a part of Coastal Cloud and the community. Welcome back. We are here with the St. John's Water Management District team, and they are talking about education and outreach. And so, you know, we're, we're coming up on a shortage, and we're looking for solutions. What are some of those other solutions that, that people can be implementing right now? Well, one thing that's really important, and it is actually in statute in Florida, everyone should have a functioning rainfall shutoff device on their irrigation system. You're giving me a look now. (laughs) I'm like, what is this? Um, Have you noticed a little white device up on the roof of your house and there are wires from this little circular device that go down to your irrigation controller? Maybe. You probably have one, and that is called a rainfall, a rain sensor, um, a mini click. There's a few different names. And in Florida, in statute, this is a, it's a fabulous idea. It will shut off your irrigation system if it's raining. Oh, wow. But unfortunately, because of our extreme temperatures and the like, they only last a couple of years. So the statute now says it should be functioning, and any contractor doing work in your yard should fix it. So even better than the rain sensors, which do over time break, there are now all of these new products in the market called smart controllers. You know the way everything is going smart in your home. You've got (laughs) smart thermostats. Well, now we have smart controllers. And I installed one in my own home last year, and it was so easy. 
It was $130, and I'm with JEA, and they paid for it 100%. Oh, nice. They gave a rebate, and I put this, wired it in. It was very easy, and I now have an app on my phone. So it, I have it set up to water twice a week, but it's using weather data from Weather Underground and these online weather apps, and it will automatically not allow my watering to go if we've had rain or even if rain is going to happen that day. So it's I do amazing. Know, I do know driving down the road sometimes I'll see kind of like I, I get maybe it's municipal or something where the the sprinklers are going even though it's raining outside. And you're like, yeah, that's because they do have a rain sensor probably, but it's not working. So <laughs> one of the things Gretchen has been working hard on is educating HOAs. Do you oh, want to explain yeah. that? Because yeah. that's part of the solution. So um, community association managers um, work for property management companies. And they have to get um, continuing education units. So one thing that we did several years ago, and we're just, we've kind of brought it back to life. Um, we have, um, we offer webinars and we can give CEUs and it's oh, nice. about effective landscape irrigation. So we offer them probably four times a year. And um, because really community association managers they're the people who deal with the homeowners. They're the ones who, who would shut off, you know, who would shut off that that lance or that uh, irrigation system if it's running during the rain and you know whatever. Yeah. And um, they're we're helping them, but we're also getting you know important water conservation mm-hmm. messages and that they can share with their communities. That's good. I the homeowners association. Um, education thing. I just uh, ran into the folks from Southern States. Oh, okay. Um, and they do a lot of continuing education and it's homeowner associations or um, different mm-hmm. management groups that do that and they yeah. do all those things. So yeah. that's... We actually have one coming up on seven, on uh, September 13th. Oh, good. Um, at uh, 11 o'clock. And um, yeah, well, I've, you've got my number. And if anybody else wants to find out more about it, um, contact Danielle and I'll and get it. The, and it's get free. It. No, oh, and it's free. Can they go online and register for it? If they, they can. Want to? How do, where do they find it? Do you they know? can. Um, they can find it on our website. It takes a little bit of digging, but why don't I do this? Why don't I get you a flyer and then we'll... Put it um, out there. Okay. You can put it out there. So I know I ran into you guys. Um, I haven't seen you in a while. And uh, you were at the Habitat House and we were talking about um, their conserving and conservation utilities or and is that something new can you talk about that program sure that program is called the florida water star program and it is a statewide program aimed at builders to build homes to perform better from a water point of view they're more efficient so um, we reached out to Habitat. Gretchen um, got a message to them that we're now offering free inspections for non- not-for-profit builders anywhere in our district. It's a statewide program, but we only run it in our water. All, all are part of 18 counties from Georgia, south of Orlando. So um, the, it's all about the irrigation. They have no irrigation, so it was really easy putting in the correct types of plants that don't need much water. And then indoors, we look at the toilet, the shower, and the faucet. And we make sure they have what we call the EPA Water Sense label. That is a labeling a performance standard developed by the EPA for plumbing fixtures. If you go to Lowe's in particular, they don't sell anything but water sense. Wow. All of their products perform 20% better and really do perform. They're tested at a higher level. So talk about most people just care about money. Talk about yep. the cost savings of something like that. 
Um, it de- all depends on how much you irrigate. But indoors, you will save 20% annually in your utility bill. So depending on how much your utility bill is, you can subtract 20%. And then if you add more behavior change, like turning off the water when you brush your teeth, children are really good. Which I think about all the time. (laughs) I really do. And and the other thing uh, that drives me crazy is is we'll turn on the water to try to wait for it to get hot Uh, so that you can... Yeah, that's another thing. I've started microwaving cups of water now, you know, if I need hot water. Yeah. Yeah. That back, we, we've learned a little more from the EPA. We were comparing their program and our Water Star program because we're hoping to be reciprocal in those certifications. And one of their criteria are that back bathroom, that furthest away from the hot water tank, how long does it take for that water to get hot? And oftentimes it's the guest room, so it's not used as much. But um, I measured mine in my house, and it was two gallons of water. Oh, wow. Every time that shower goes on, you have to waste two gallons to get the hot water. Mine is my daughter gets in the shower, and she's in there for half an hour every time. And I'm just like, what in the world? Yeah, that's really common with teenagers. (laughs) And some behaviors we're just not going to mess with. We're not psychiatrists. (laughs) Somebody said, told me to go in there and turn the hot water heater off. Yep. It's like, okay, well, I guess that would make a behavior change right there, right? But, you know, it was interesting going back to the story about Habitat. They were building these houses that were almost Florida Water Star. Almost, almost. The only thing that they had to do was switch out the toilet. They had a 1.6 gallons per flush toilet. And we needed them to have a 1.28 gallons and per so flush toilet. And so they yep. swapped out the Same toilets. price. And, um, yeah, perfect. So have any other builders um, locally said, hey, I want to be a part of this? We've had a long relationship with, I hope I get the name right, the Green... Um, uh, Florida. Florida Green builder, Builders. Um, Jeff Valeski and Mary Valeski. Oh, she's super involved. Yes. Yes. Mary's been, her dad started by, he's like, if I'm going to be a builder in the U.S., I want to build the greenest homes I can build. That is so awesome. And they do Water Star too. Our program has just taken off and we have been swamped lately because some of the cities in Central Florida are mandating Water Star because they are running short on water. And with the growth that's coming, they're not going to have enough. So they're mandating their builders use our program. So suddenly we're really, really busy because it was, (laughs) yeah, it was voluntary. So, um, okay, there's this question I've been like wanting to know. And and are are we ever going to go to desalination plants? It's all about cost. There is a study just came out from South Florida uh, Water Management District on what would it cost when you compare um, maybe $3 per 1,000 gallons for groundwater from the aquifer. It would be about $25 per gallon for for desal. Um, So it's a money thing. If they could figure out a way to power desal, you know, it's all these membranes and you push the water through to remove the salt. If they could power it by solar, perhaps. Oh, wow. But right now with fossil fuel impact and everything. But Florida also passed a law a couple of years ago that says utilities can no longer discharge wastewater to any surface water come 2030. So... They've got to put that water somewhere, so they're treating it, and they're either going to pump it down to the aquifer clean, 
or put it out as irrigation. Or what I'm really excited about, because other places in the world do this, is they will blend it with drinking water and treat it to drinking water standards. Can they do that? Can they really get it that that Yes, that's coming. That's the cheapest alternative to just blend it all and have one source of water. That's awesome. All right, so we got to wrap it up. Tell people um, what's the closing thought about water and irrigation and conservation. Just think. Think about your water use and think about the springs and your favorite water place to go, your river or fishing. And every time you run the water to brush your teeth, think about turning it off. Behavior change is the biggest thing. Florida's water, it's It's worth worth saving. saving. Oh, I love it. Okay, what's your website real quick? Um, uh, Waterless.com has everything. We have a waterless, meaning irrigate less, waterless.com. All right, you guys heard it here first. Hit the waterless.com. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for coming in, you guys. And, thank you. Um, I ho- hope we can have you back and talk more about this stuff. Absolutely. So, thank you to Coastal Cloud, Joe Wright, and the Quantum Family of Businesses, WNZF News Radio, and Flagler News Weekly for sponsoring the show. And we'll see you guys next week.